Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Joel and Kate at eight. June 11th. Hey, Kate, how you doing? I'm so good. I got my New Japan Pride shirt. Love it. I got my old Timu Solani Ducks shirt that my brother once gifted me that I had no idea I owned until today. I got so much stuff in the mail. What is this? This oh is my. the dog collar set of the of the old figures. And uh, there's not a way to make it show up on camera. The detailing on these, especially CM Punk, his hair and tattoos look unreal, as do MJF's trunks, like the um the like double lion side of it. I don't know if you can tell, but like holy crap. Cause I didn't like I'm not a big figure gal. But like a moment in time set of one of my favorite matches I'll get. But I also got this CM Punk one. And it looks good. But it doesn't... It looks more Aaron Rodgers than CM Punk, I'll say. Like it's not... Uh, it's, it's certainly not bad. But it doesn't look nearly as good as like the the dog collar one. Just the level of detail on it is so good. And talking, then, hold on, are we talking like Aaron Rodgers appearing on the Pat McAfee show during a certain time of the year when everyone was locked in their homes for a certain amount of time? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> Not that bad. This isn't like darkness retreat level. But you know, you know, Asian Joe, who's always in the chat and being wonderful? Of course, yes. So he sent <laughs> as a rib. I got so much stuff in the mail, okay? Seriously, people like you. That's a problem. He sent this Tyrus Del Rio oh. two-pack as a rib. And uh, it's like my favorite figures now because it's just hysterical to me. And I'll tell you what, you want to know what other ones were in this series of rumblers? I hope a whole bunch of other problematic wrestlers. Not well-ish. So there's a CM Punk and Cena one, which makes sense based on the time, right? There's also our truth and Jack Swagger. I mean, listen, they're both still active competitors, which makes this even better. <laughs> Mason Ryan and the Big Show. Cirque du Soleil superstar Mason Ryan. That's right. And Alex Riley and the Miz. So. Say his name. A Ry? That's right. Say it to his effing face. <laughs> but that cracks me up. This actually legitimately made me re laugh really hard. And I, I like unboxed it on the mark order and both my co-hosts, one of whom's in the chat right now, were like, I didn't get sent anything. Why didn't I get anything? And I was like, well, hold on. <laughs> You're going to be not jealous in about a minute and a half from now. But I, um, I had so much fun getting all my stuff. Nothing more than my New Japan shirt. And to Julian, who said Tyrus isn't problematic, he is because it's legally documented that he sexually harassed women at Fox News. So, yeah. He absolutely is that pile of garbage yeah. human. So It is not even political. It is he harassed someone at Fox News. And 
There he goes. But he also sucks. So. He does. Not a good wrestler. Not a good political commentator. He's just, he's just there. He is there. Anyway, we're here, and that's more important, and we're better than Tyrus. So go ahead and leave a thumbs up on the video. <laughs> we cannot open the show talking about NWA two weeks in a row. I refuse. No. Not when there's so much good wrestling this week. Yes, this was a good week, and we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Yeah, listen, you come for the, the good chat, you stay for the, the clickbaity thumbnail that I make every week. I'm here you for come you. for the Tyrus Del Rio <laughs> dual rumbler set. <laughs> Besties in the world. Anyway, while you're leaving that thumbs up, if you haven't yet, subscribe to the channel here at Fightful Overbooked. We're dropping content daily. Myself and SB3 are back tomorrow morning to go in the weeds as we are every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, Jeremy Lambert, we're hoping, will be back on Friday. Again, we send our love to Jeremy and his family. It's a bit of a tough time for him. Um, and yeah, we just we love him immensely. We're looking forward to when he's ready to come back. With Jeremy out, I do feel like it's necessary to say please i just feel like everybody's really lightened up on cinnabon with jeremy out and i'm not here to stand for it. a lot of people are sending jeremy their condolences and they should as have i but the important thing is the thing that jeremy would want more than anything i think this hasn't been discussed but i think he would say you know while i'm out stay on top of cinnabon and don't Take your foot off the gas with getting answers from them about Takeshita. They still have not condemned Takeshita's actions. They still have not released a statement. Takeshita came out with the shirt and it said, like, favorite food, cinnamon rolls. Didn't name Cinnabon. So have have they gone separate ways or was it just not an official partnership? I want answers. And the only person who wants answers more than I do is Jeremy Lambert. And in his absence, I'm not going to sit back and pretend that just because Jeremy's not here, that this is okay. And I'm certainly not going to sit back while Don Callis is out here collecting heat every Wednesday, still not even really giving us a full reason about why he did this to Kenny Omega, and pretend that Takesh is not also the problem and that Cinnabon's silence is not compliance. Because it is. And I don't want people to get so wrapped up in hating Don Callis that they forget to hold Takeshita accountable and that they forget to hold Cinnabon accountable. And so I am telling Cinnabon right now, I don't care if it's on In the Weeds. I don't care if it's on this show. I don't care if it's on the spotlight. Somebody, we need a representative of what I thought was a fine organization. Maybe more of a corporate place to get Cinnabons than an organization but nonetheless i thought it was a reputable place where someone can just enjoy essentially a, a beanbag chair of cinnamon and glaze and smushy bread i'm gonna need one of your representatives to come out and make an official statement on a fightful entity okay in the it's meantime we endorse domino's cynistics that's right we do it's pretty delicious you can get it probably on some delicious deal, which I love. Probably not at a mall like you would a Cinnabon, but that's fine. Do they have Domino's in a mall anywhere? Probably not. Like a strip mall, maybe. I think, yeah, more like, like an outlet mall situation. All I'm saying is Domino's, now that we're putting over your product. Ding, 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 yeah, ding, sponsor ding, us. Ding, 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 ding. Come on. Come on. Domino's, give us money or you don't support women. That's right. Or... 
the case. <laughs> you really want to get them hard? Or the juice? Oh, bang, bang, bang. Put your money where your mouth is, Domino's. Right. Playing the J card. It's not It's not just about just five Jews anymore. MJF. <laughs> I'm waiting for that. We talked about SP3 and I, on, on In the Weeds. We came up with the idea that the Forbidden Door match for MJF, it should be a five-on-five -five tag match. And it's just five guys because Sonata is the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion versus the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. And, he, and, and MJF would make just five Jews. I'm in for that. I yeah. think that's a great idea. Yeah. And I also think if you don't leave a thumbs up on this video, you don't support women or Jews. Wow. And you stand by Cinnabon. Look, yeah. I've been I've been saying this for weeks now, okay? Other people are like, we appreciate a thumbs up. I expect it. I expect you to spend your time and your money and your support here. I expect you to subscribe to Fightful Select. I expect you to subscribe to this channel. I expect you to buy Mark Order t-shirts. I expect you to leave a thumbs up on this video. It's the least you can do. I'm done with the, it's the, we appreciate it. So it's the least you can do. <laughs> Leave a thumbs up. I got a couple of super chats. That also helps. Uh, Caden sent us a couple. The first one is for Kate's Hi, Kaden. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They're, they're all awry today, but thank you, darling, Caden. <laughs> I was going to get a haircut this past week. And then I found out that I'm going to Forbidden Door and I'm like, ah, I got to wait two more weeks. I have a great idea. What's great? What's the idea? You should get them all cut. Like go to a mall and get a haircut at the mall? No, get them all cut. Oh, get my hair is all cut. Yes, thank yeah. you. You don't just get a haircut. You see. You get them all cut. Kaden also sent a super chat saying, can AEW's merch please get an overhaul? Their pride merch really upset me, and it's just another reason it needs a major change. Okay, so this wasn't in our rundown, but I think it's actually worth talking about because of a multitude of reasons. One, AEW's merch hasn't exactly been the best. It's brought up a lot more controversial conversation than it has, you know, raw, raw AEW conversation. And that's just not, like, specifically about pride merch. There's just been some really stupid shit that they've put out. I've had conversations with people at AEW, not when, not named Will Washington, before people start being like, he talks to Will. I don't talk to Will unless I'm asking him really weird questions about why he's still logged into our stream yard sometimes, if you know you <laughs> But anyway. Or about his his recent turn to the iPhone. Right, that's right. Talking about his iPhone Pro 14 Max when I have a 13 Mini, which I decided over the the Pro 14 Max. Anyway, uh, it, by the way, it was a cost thing. But anyway, the the merch thing is an interesting piece of conversation because you've seen it, I've seen it, we've all seen it. A lot of it is just not great. And if you go to no, a live show, I don't know about you, Kate, but like I'm not running to buy any merch lately period especially at aw shows what's uh what's your take on this because there's that and then there's also where the, the pride specific merch has been being donated to which at first was jasmine and then suddenly the jungle hook t-shirt was all going to community which is aw's in-house uh community service program uh yeah there's a few things there right like there's the obvious thing that there's like a corporate shirt and then there's a jungle hook shirt and neither of them are openly LGBTQ. They I'm sure are allies. Right. But when you have like Bowens and Nyla and Sunny and people who are very prominently there, you would, you would think it would be an opportunity to maybe show them um, and profile them. Now it's also 
June 11th. Like they might be rolling one of these out a month or a week or whatever for the next couple of weeks. So I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but like they also put out that like dysfunctional family one about the elite. That was really weird. The made no sense. Really bad. Um, the Brit Baker one, I can understand both sides of it, but I would say overall I'm, I'm on the side of it's, it wasn't great. It also didn't end the world. That's kind of where I sat on that. Um, I, I get where people are like, hey, if I saw that out of context, it looks like a uh, an after picture of an abuse situation. I understand that. Um, but to your point, even at the live shows, if there is something that you wanted, they don't have it. The only shirts they have are like AEW brand ones and hook ones. And like, it's, it's not great kind of on all fronts. Like a lot of the designs are really lacking. There was like a, a couple months where they were putting out some really good stuff. Like the FTR stuff was really good. Always looks great. Like I love the living legend stuff. Um, Hangman always has cool stuff. Uh, but like overall it's, it's not good. And I don't want to like throw anybody under the bus on anything, but like if it's PWT's fault, if it's, AEW's fault like it's just it's not that hard to find a great designer um I also feel like in general wrestling merch leaves a lot to be desired like there's a whole world where like there there's virtual reality or AR stuff I guess more where it's like if you you could do a shirt design that when you put it on Instagram an entire background filter shows up and like nobody's doing cool stuff like that. Like it, it, there's so much money to be left on that's being left on the table on so many fronts. And even for like the basics, it feels like they're falling short. I also have a lot of problems with WWE's had some really bad shirt that that Roman Reigns, the very total the on a different level mode. I'm like, how are you on a different level and mode? That does that's not how that works. It's golden um, mode. Because he goads you into a false sense of security and then he grooms you. It was like Godel or what? It was, and and just like a, it's like somebody went down like Microsoft Word and put a blindfold on and we're like, that's the font we're using. Uh, it there's a lot of really bad merch and it's it's such an opportunity. And what's funny is I feel like on the independents you see people taking advantage of that. Like you see Effie's whole Effie's gay wrestling is gay line is so great. Um. Allie always has really cool stuff. Deppin had that awesome jersey for a while he's been out. Uh, I keep going to GCW names that I'm just like gravitating towards, but because it has to be a priority on the indies, I think, for them to to make a living doing this or at least contribute, uh, I, I think it's more of a priority. But man, there's there's so many opportunities of things you could do that they just seem to not. There are smart wrestlers on all of the major companies who do speak to different artists to do mock-ups to at least get that get those artists paid for the most part and then at least have some sort of design made i'm almost certain i don't quote me on this that the ftr the living legends one was done by an external artist the pwt's situation the reason why AEW can make all of these t-shirts and i think people know this and if you don't you're about to find out they make all these t-shirts, but they don't print them because it's all print on demand, which is like good and bad at the same time. It's good because you can push out a billion designs and make it look like you have all of this stuff that you can capitalize on, which in some cases works like that stupid Brian Danielson shirt that was willed into existence because of us. 
Don't call it stupid. You're stupid. That shirt rules. I would like to know what the sales but number is. Send on one. Yes. Yeah, Better send, send one to Jeremy. Send one to Jeremy right Sons now. Sons of bitches. I hope I, I hope I get one. I hope I'm gifted one when they come to Toronto. Anyway, so there's that. They they can make like a billion designs and just print on demand, which again, good and bad. But it takes away from like the ability to make and and quality control good looking t-shirts. That's gone. Whereas on the indies, you have to make print and bring them everywhere. So they got to look good or else you're selling shit. And there's just a quality control issue. I love that we're like coming in hot on merch as our opener after a really great week of wrestling. But uh, the other thing is they source from like three different vendors. So their sizing is also awful. Like I ordered the inaugural CM Punk shirt and I was like, well, of course it's going to be shit quality. They literally ran out of white t-shirts. Like they, (laughs) they had to, I was waitlisted because the demand was so high. So I wasn't expecting much, but then I did like a bigger haul later. And it was just like, like my Blackpool combat club hoodie and my FDR hoodie are the same size and buddy, they are not the same size. (laughs) Like they are, one is big on me. One is tight on me. Like pretty, a pretty decent gap in that. Like it's a, it's a, it's a bummer. Cause like um, you, you, there's no aspect of quality control over any part of the process. It doesn't feel like I had a, a new Japan baseball shirt that my sister stole from me, which is fine. Cause it was basically a kid size shirt. Like it was so small. All the Owen Hart stuff is really good. Like that seemed to be locked in. And I'm like, they probably got really specific on, on that, but man, they, there's no part of it that feels like I, I don't feel confident placing an order other than the fact that I'm like, I like this wrestler and I like the shirt, like cool. But I would be throwing way more cash at them <laughs> for merch if they just took a little time to in- invest in it and did it the right way. By the way, uh, Caden in the chat mentions that Ali Albright, our pal, uh, does uh, Hell yeah. has, a, has a great shirt that has, of course, been worn by Mercedes Monet, but also sells yeah, friendship bracelets. French, friendship bracelets. Nobody else in wrestling sells friendship bracelets. I don't care what you hear. I don't care what kind of mania you're after, but the original friendship bracelets were were done by Ali Albright, okay? Ali Albright, the OG bestie. Yes. All right? Ali Albright's got it on lock. She hand makes them all. Right. Friendship bracelets were her idea at the inaugural one. So I don't know what all the mania is about, but that's it's OG. Like, Go to it's her. Alley mania. It's Ali mania. It's Ali mania all the time. That's right. Uh, meet Normus with the super chat. I'm going to let you read it because I know exactly how you need to read it. My car malfunctioned and it read the outside temp as 69 degrees. <gasps> nice. Even though it was well into the 90s today, I'm not fixing it. Toodles! Thank you, Meet Normus. And thank you for being so committed to the bit that your car will fucking malfunction. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. Thank you, Meet Normus, for the super chat. By the way, get your super chats in because it also helps drive our conversation. We have stuff that we want to talk about, but of course, y'all have stuff that I'm sure you want to talk about. So we can talk about anything you want. As long as it's not about CM Punk, even though he's on the thumbnail. That's the that's the joke. Two hours of talk and uh, be about the thumbnail. Uh, uh, that's not true. Uh, we are gonna get to it. Uh, clickbait. 
<laughs> clickbaity garbage. I look forward, Kate, to the day when I don't have to do clickbait for any of this stuff. Where all I can do is is I want to be that I want to be that YouTuber who's like, today I'm flying on a first class, all expenses paid trip on the newest suite on the Airbus. Da 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 da. And you're coming along for the ride. And then I, I go on an airplane and I show them all the stuff. I show them the bathrooms. And I'm like, this is the king of Prussia's bathroom. It has a shower. Have you ever showered on a plane before? No, you haven't because you're poor and so am I. But I'm riding for free. Isn't this great? And I would love. What YouTube videos are you watching that people are A, talking in that voice and B, getting that kind of clout? There are a lot of English people who seem to do travel videos and get real good shit out of it. All right. Talk to Will Ospreay. Talk to ZSJ. Someone's like, is Joel impersonating a popular? I kind of am, but like, you wouldn't know. Because <laughs> they're, they're so popular. But the, the, YouTube is wild to me in that like these, these people are making like oodles of money but 99% of the people don't know who they are. These like 10 plus million subscriber channels, y'all don't know who the hell they are. No. Nick Giovanni, he's he's just a, a, a cooker. He, he cooks. He's got 10 million. He does collabs with like other 10 million subscriber food YouTube channels. You Hi, said Ali. you said Ali Mania. Oh, Ali, Ali Mania's in the house. Ali Mania appeared. I love it. I adore it. <laughs> Uh, we'll get to Chris's super chat when we actually get to the thumbnail talk because we will actually do the thumbnail talk. There will be plenty to talk about. Where do you, where do you want to start? That's not that. Uh, You're the one that runs the show. I just show up. That's the best part of Sundays. But we <laughs> we can go through the week because actually everybody had some really good stuff. Like yes. Kevin Owens and Gunther was so great on on Raw, as was the main. Um, there was some you sat in with me on Tuesday, which was just weird and delightful, but so weird. That was the first sour graps I've ever done without Alex. The first sour graps that was ever done without Alex, because before I came along, he would just cancel. Um, Dynamite had some good stuff. Ring of Honor was in studio. That had some good stuff. Impact had a wild Friday and a, a medium so, Thursday, but yeah, medium Thursdays, right? Medium even, Thursday. even SmackDown had things that happened that mattered, which so, has so not been the case. About, yeah, so let, let's go to Friday. Uh, I I was like this close after we did our Against All Odds post show. I was going to jump in and say hi to you and Alex because I was like, I'm here. I'm and then I see like my kid is having a meltdown, and it's like ten after midnight, and I'm like, I'm not going anywhere anymore. I had to uh, had to log off for that, but he was okay. Took two hours, but he went back down. Gave us a nice. Okay. Our show was two hours, so thanks for oh, not shit. logging on. <laughs> I honestly, I would have come in. I would have been like, Alex Shelley is the new Impact World Heavyweight Champion. Steve Macklin, you can suck it. There's one champion on this show right now, and it's not him. And I would have just yeah. But what was cool was I because I'm a woman of the people. Joel. I put your show over because people were actually chatting us about it, which was awesome. Like we. I, I was saying that we had the post show on overbooked for against all odds and people were like motor city machine guns getting the shine. And I was like, Oh, I love that. People are excited about this. Like that. It made me so, so happy. Um, because if it's bleeding into our world, that's a really good sign. That's a really, really healthy sign for, for impact and for wrestling. I can tell I continue to tell people give impact another shot. I 
fully understand why people who maybe gave them multiple shots are suddenly like, oh, no, no, no. I still have CDs in the back of his truck and I'm not going to get them. I get it. Okay. Impact's a little, Impact has changed. Okay, baby. Impact has changed. They've gotten Don't better. Sweet talk to us now, Joel. Right. They've done so much good work in the community. But anyway, Impact, Impact has become a, a different beast with a better locker room than most people imagine. And like, if you are a fan of women's wrestling, that knockouts locker room is, is it. There are it, it, That it has always been like, yeah. that's, that's the kind of coolest constant I feel like of impact. But I think impact is really good at striking a balance from, from what I know, cause I'm reviewing ROH well it's on. Right. So I try to do my best. I use you and Cresta's show to, to stay up to date sincerely. And I go back and watch what I can, but I feel like they've done a really good job of cultivating their own locker room and also leveraging how open the landscape is right now to their advantage. And that is cool as hell because that's just yeah. like a, that's a success so- story for, for the industry of pro wrestling and for their own identity in it, which is awesome. Like, and, and they have catch 22s, right? Like short contracts will allow people like Trinity to come in, but it also allows people to leave. So like, I, I think they're still figuring that piece of it out but it's it's awesome man like it's it's so cool to see um like this was the first week in a long time where i was like every show that i watched fucking delivered like every single show i watched i watched wrestling every day this week like that's pretty cool that that was the case and i i feel like something is always a little bit lighter um even even raw was was really strong so um that was really cool. And everybody, like all the sub brands are on a killer tear, man. Like New Japan, ROH, and Impact are all tearing it up. Like that rules. I love that. So someone in the chat mentions, you know, when is Jay Vidal versus Trinity? I I would love to see that match. There is some meat on the bone left with Trinity and Giselle Shaw and Savannah Evans. They ran a tag match that was good, a little clunky, but it was fine. Um, uh, this was it against all odds, but really they're moving towards Deanna versus uh, Trinity. And that's going to be a great match at Slammiversary. But I would like to see if Trinity's into the idea of having an intergender match, her and Jay Vidal, aces. I'd love to see it. They didn't do it at this taping, but they have a lot of... T- they're going to be down in, in Australia at the end of June. They had tapings in Atlanta, and Trinity's going to be definitely on the Atlanta tapings. Don't know if she's doing Australia. They haven't announced that. But either way, there's a lot of opportunity to have that match, and I'm down for it. And talking about contracts, this is one thing that Impact does do really well. They do have short-term contracts, but they make the most of the time that their, their wrestlers are there. Granted, you know, Jonathan Gresham right now is kind of not doing much, but at least he's having banger matches. I'll see the bright side of it, that he's having really good, solid matches. Uh, unfortunately, they haven't done anything other than that. So, Well, Gresham is one of the few that I feel like... I don't, I don't think you can say it under any circumstances. It's a mistake to sign Jonathan Gresham. He's a top three technical wrestler in the world. He's fantastic. They're probably polar opposites on what their strengths are from like the fact that I think impact is extremely character driven and Jonathan Gresham is extremely technically driven. And it felt like he was almost defaulted to impact because of the ROH fallout rather than chose to go to impact. 
And I, I think all those ingredients, I don't want to say has made for an unsuccessful run because he is having incredible matches and like, there's plenty of great in-ring things happening there. Look at Speedball. My God, like so much good stuff. But like, I feel like the polarities and the circumstances he entered under, and he's been very open about the fact that he like has been battling depression as well. Like that, that's a lot to put on a guy who is considered a top three technical wrestler in the world. So I'm not surprised that, I don't even want to say it's been like luster because it's not like I watch a match and it's like, this guy doesn't have it. Like, that guy's incredible, right? So it just, in the same way, I feel like it would be wrong if Bray Wyatt showed up in ROH. It kind of feels just like a little bit of a mismatch of what Jonathan Gresham is best at and what Impact is best at. And that creates like a little bit more of an uphill climb, I'll say. Um, but I'm but it's interesting. We'll, we'll see what goes on. I'm still waiting to see what's... Gresham does and when his contract ends it's been we're about to hit the end of six months the end of June because he started he started middle of December so really around now would be the end of his contract if he signed a six-month deal much like Mia Yim did back when she came in she signed it was just the six-month deal she was out by I think bound for glory or maybe she debuted a plan for glory. whatever it was it was six months she was in she was out I could see that being with with Gresham impact started to kind of hint that Jordan Grace might actually come back because the way that they sold her uh, her exit was she's out indefinitely. They didn't, normally if Impact is like you're done, they done, kill you. They literally like that's this that's the gimmick they offer you. That's it. They didn't do that with Ty Valkyrie. They just stuck her in the undead realm. They did it to Eric because Eric Young was probably like. I'm going back to WWE. I'm finishing off there. I, whatever I do, that's it. He And again, he told me in an interview, he's like, when I'm done, I'm done. I'm not like coming back for retirement tours. I'm not coming back for one-offs. Like I, I have lived comfortably. I'm happy and I'm out. I'm good when I'm done. So he probably said to Impact, like, thank you for 15 years, but you can, you can finish me off now uh, or just put me in a mask when I come back. So I don't know what the plan is for Jordan, but it feels like, Jordan and Impact have maybe had some positive conversations. Uh, the other thing is, uh, Kyler in the chat mentioned that in the Denise interview that Trinity did, she did mention wanting to do an intergender match. So there you go. It's entirely possible. Jay and, and Trinity keep getting involved in each other's business. So I'd love to see it, personally. I do think, uh, as far as Gresham's contract being up, it sounds like ROH slash Tony Khan and Gresham might be on better terms than they yes. were. I, I think it would just be the right wrestler at the right place if if that got ironed out. Um, I'm really, really hoping for the ROH product that we have our Dynamite roster, we have our Collision roster, and that that creates clarity because some of the names that have been consistently on ROH are being rumored for Collision, and that's a thing. So they need stakes in the ground. Jonathan Gresham in ROH doesn't feel like Jonathan Gresham in ROH angling to get on AEW. Like that is his home and that he he made that place over the pandemic. Like I kind of re-got back into it over the pandemic because I was like, this is an hour. They figured out how to make non-fan wrestling work. Everything is logical. I put over Delirious's booking of that product all the time. Everything was clean. I loved the way representation was occurring there and that you had 
Hispanic wrestlers and not all of them had a mask. You had black wrestlers and one of them was the best technical wrestler in the world. And you had Shane Taylor promotion coming out with for the culture flags. Like I, I loved, loved, loved that product and it, talent fans, interviewers, Ian Riccoboni, everybody has said like Jonathan Gresham put that company on his fucking back and at those tapings would wrestle three matches and not three 10 minute matches, like pure matches. If he had to like, that was his home. He really, really was the flag bearer there. Um, that would feel like a homecoming and a, just a note that that should happen for the next beat of his career. in, in my opinion, as far as Trinity, I would love to see what she brings to an intergender match. I think that would be so interesting based on her style and the, what I have seen of her in impact so far. Like there's a couple differences from how she's working in impact than how she was working in WWE. I'd be very, very intrigued by that. Very, very intrigued by that. I want to see her and Mike Bailey team up. I don't want to see them have a match against each other. I want to see a match with Speedball and, and, and Mike Bailey. Or sorry, Speedball, Mike Bailey, and Trinity. That, to me, sounds like a lot of fun because there is there are some similarities a there. A blast. Yes. Yeah, that sounds just like a party. Yeah. Uh, and then someone in the chat, Scott's saying that um, Gresham, if he goes back to ROH, should be the one who beats Claudio. I would love if they play that at Death of War Dishonor. Again, if Gresham's contract is about up, don't even tell us. Like, no, He's been really good at... Not, no one's been able to find out or figure it out. Jordan Grace hasn't told anyone. Like, no one's talked about it. If he just showed up at Ring of Honor at Death Before Dishonor as, like, the mystery opponent for Claudio and wins the title back after everything that happened with, with Gresham, with ROH, with Claudio, like, everything. That is what I want to see. That's some closure on, on many sides. I would love that. That would be a, a really cool moment for that whole story too, like between Claudio and, and Gresham because of where it started and then how it bled into real life for that to, for him to finish his story because Cody Rhodes ain't finishing his buddy. No one's finishing theirs. You know what? Impact's better at finishing stories this month than Cody. They'll kill you. Impact's <laughs> like you, you finish your own story or we'll kill you. What are we doing here? God bless them. Well, let's 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 talk about SmackDown. Uh, what did I tell you a few months ago? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the first time I've ever stood by Let It Play Out, and I was I was actually on the money with it, Kate. I think we knew it was going to head here. It just should have taken so damn long. I think with the spent, women's title, you mean? Yeah, because I think they spent again. We've talked we talked about this on other shows. Like they were putting the emphasis on the world championship, and as a result, the women's championship almost felt secondary in nature. And I know you weren't a big fan of that, but that, that's, that's just kind of what, what was being presented to us, whether or not we like it is a whole other can of worms, but they put the women's title on the forefront of this past week's episode of SmackDown. Uh, it was that. And then of course the bloodline saga, but I feel like it was more about Oscar and the championship. And then of course, Charlotte Flair making her return. And we'll talk about that. And just, I wasn't moment. mad at that. Everybody I mean, else was, but I wasn't. 
I'll, I'll be mad at it if they okay. screw Asuka over in the process, but I was not mad about her return. So what was what was angering to me about her return was how she was presented. To me, she felt cocky and arrogant, which fine, but they're still trying to babyface her. Well, that's what is kind of interesting because it also feels like they might be turning Bianca, which surprised me because I, I wanted it. But her her backstages were very much felt like NXT heel Bianca. Um, I think it's silly to do that. I think Charlotte's a better heel and Bianca's. I love the idea of turning Bianca heel because of what that can do creatively and for roster balance. But right now she's a top baby face. So just do that later. I, I think feels like the move as far as the titles go. I'm very glad what they did and I'm glad they finally did it. My thing is not even just a women's title feeling lesser, but I don't like it when you go out of your way to tell me the draft rules are in effect after a certain time, you wait another pay-per-view cycle and then another couple weeks. And that's when they go into effect. Like when Bianca's out there on SmackDown talking about her raw women's championship by name, that is so stupid to me. Um, But I'm glad that they went the direction that they did because they desperately needed to like that was overdue. I don't really have a problem with the belt. I I don't really care. Um, I've said over and over again, like right now my favorite title run is is this New Japan TV title and it's the most hideous title in wrestling. Like I, I don't care about the belts that much. I think lineages are cool and I, I like good designs, but I'm not like, I, I don't have that much hate for it. I save that for Tuesdays. Um, so... I'm glad that they did. And I kind of like that it looks like the men's ones. I just wish they made the black diamonds white diamonds. I think that would have looked better. Um, but I'm, I, I said on Friday that when Charlotte came out, the thing that I immediately remembered was her match at WrestleMania. That was the last time we saw her. And it was one of the best women's matches I've ever seen in my life. One of the best WrestleMania matches I've ever seen in my life. What Charlotte and Rhea did. They do have this inherent challenge that they don't seem to have any interest in solving and that they have no idea how to build a Charlotte Flair story outside of a title picture. Um, in some ways, she's kind of earned that if she wants to be a part-timer and walk in. I get it. She's given a lot of women their best match on the roster. Um, but if you screw Asuka over in the process to make Charlotte and Bianca a title feud, which it kind of feels like it has to be, that sucks. That sucks. But I'm not mad about Charlotte being back. I think she's one of the best in-ring performers they have, man or woman. Um, and I think there's a really interesting thing of if Asuka retains and one of them screwed the other over, doing that as a non-title feud would be great. It's just that WWE in recent history hasn't done a lot of that. But like a side feud of Bianca and Charlotte and, I don't know, Asuka having a run and Io winning the briefcase, let's say? Hell yeah. Like, <laughs> sign me up for that any day of the week. We just have to see what creative ultimately actually gives us from it. So, but I, I understand why people had a problem with it. I just, I love watching Charlotte Flair wrestle. So we'll get to a couple of super chats in a second, but first I want to point out, so talking about the, um, why it may have taken so long to get to these, you know, women's championships. I think this year's women's money in the bank will be more important in the long term compared to the men's. I think the men's will be cashed in first as early as that night, but the so, women's 
money in the bank will be one that's held longer because not just because it's been like they haven't had anyone hold it for longer than an, a, a day since Carmela, who was the first winner and second winner by, you know, everything that happened that first time around. But either way, Carmela held onto that case for like 200 days. I think it was, it was quite a while. It was after WrestleMania when she cashed it in. The Iconics made their debut. They came in, they beat down Charlotte Flair, and then Carmella came in, and the referee kept asking, are you sure? And she kept yelling, yes, I'm sure, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> I love her. I love Mella. I and love her. So now, now they actually have to tell a longer story with that Women's Money in the Bank briefcase, and this is the first chance they have. So why not put a new title out there? Rhea, for all intents and purposes, is going to be given one too, and I hope to God that she's given something similar to Seth just to balance out how the SmackDown titles work, but I want it on a purple strap for her. I want the strap colors to change based on that particular woman's like color scheme and her gear. So a purple strap for judgment day for Rhea Ripley would work. Uh, Shout out your other ones in the chat, but regardless, like just a different strap, I think would, would change it up nicely. The black diamond versus white diamond thing. So the designs of the belts don't really bug me. When I think about what you said, black diamonds on the women's championship, the way that it looks now looks good the white diamonds on the Roman Reigns title, the way it looks now, would look better. It would make things pop better. Oh, I can see what you're saying. Yeah. I can see what you're saying, yeah. Black strap, black WWE logo, the gold in the background kind of makes the WWE logo fade a bit to everything else that's happening. Whereas if it's white or that that white gold, it would kind of pop. So it might look better. But the black diamonds on the white strap with the gold back, that looks good to me. That's fair. I like your idea of the color changing straps on the raw title. That sounds yeah. fun. Um, we'll see what they do. Uh, yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see what we get out of that because I, I personally just stylistically like again. I I don't assign too much weight to any of that, but I like the raw title better than I like the kind of more modernized title that we have for for Romans. Like I like those throwbacky ones. That's that's just my more my jam. Yeah, that's um, fair. Again, that's that's why they have all these different designs, and some people are going to like one and buy it. Hopefully, in WWE's eyes or AEW's eyes, because the TNT title looks different from the world title, which looks different from so many other of their the tag titles, even. So you know, every to each their own. Uh, All better than Zack Saber Junior.'s gold watch. (laughs) That should be what he anyway. uh, Coyce Tollings with the super chat says, "Oh, he'd be so great with a gold watch too." Okay, hold on. I'm going to read the super chat in a second. Is it true? I missed this. This was on Rampage when he had his his TV title match. Is it true that if he goes to a time limit draw because his gimmick was he's just going to draw out every match and get the the and hit the draw and retain the title? Is it true that they went to a coin flip as a finish now if he goes the 15 minutes? No. Commentary made mention of that apparently. No, his no, they must have been being silly because his his thing is the opposite of that. He can't go to a timeline draw. No, like I he, know that, but the idea was that he was going to keep doing it so that he keeps the title if he draws, right? Because in this in the event of a draw, the TV champion wins, right? Right. So he would just keep going the 15 minutes because he's a wrestling machine. And then eventually I think New Japan was like, Oh, screw you, buddy. We got you by doing this. Coin flip. Oh, I didn't see that unless that happened on Dominion or something. I think it was a Rampage Uh, thing. That's silly. Uh, Especially because his opponent, no offense to action on Dreddy, but come on. That's like such a betrayal of his character because the whole story with Jeff Cobb was 
Cobb was the only one to go to the time limit. And that to him was like, I didn't beat you. Like I retained my title, but I didn't beat you. And then Jeff Cobb had the shortest defense on their rematch. So it's just like that, that must've, I'm hoping that was silliness from, from the rampage commentary desk. Cause that's so anti his persona. But watching Zack Sabre Jr. melt down because he lost the TV title on a coin flip would just be... Oh, my God. Just be aces. It's like my favorite, the promo he did on Naito in the G1 where he just has three chairs around. (laughs) He's just wearing a suit of chairs walking through the hallway. Ah! It's unbelievable. It's so good. Oh my god. Yeah, so it's some Ryan in the chat saying, hear me out, just actual belts, and John saying it's a cummerbund. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, Coy Stallings, we said we'd read the super chat. Can someone in WWE give Hunter and Vince a dictionary to explain what undisputed means since the women's title says undisputed? It's true, but in the Fightful Select report, just to pull back the, the by the way, five dollars a month, FightfulSelect.com, uh, they mentioned why it's still there, and the answer is basically mm, deal with it. <laughs> sunglasses and all this is i'm not alex palowski about it but like don't go out of your way to tell us something and then just to not make sense of it like that's the that shit bothers me it doesn't put me near aneurysm mode but it does bother me but like we were just talking about with the the draft rules it's like the draft goes into effect after the pay-per-view but kind of not, and also people can just show up wherever they want. I'm like, then what? what are we doing? Um, does Alex wear a smartwatch when he does sour craps? Or just in general, do you know this? Do you know if I he wears a smartwatch? I think so. I can you know. find out? If he does, do you I, want heart rate? I, want to, I want to know. I want him to post his heart rate before he goes into a wrestling, to watching a wrestling show. I just, you know what? Track it. Just track it. Just track it. We'll just track it. And then we'll do the sour grabs and then through the end. I I think the people would like that value added as to why they should watch sour grabs. That should be paywalled, honestly. (laughs) It should be every single week on the the sour grabs post are the images of his cardiogram. That's it. It's perfect. Oh, that seems awful. (laughs) (laughs) I need it with a heart monitor. That's right. Oh my God. I had so much fun with you on Tuesday. That was a blast. I we tried to do that super happy bit so much, and you were just you were loving it too much. Well, we got you know what it was was we got so many chats up front that were so nice. Um, nice. Like I I was I was thinking it would be a bit that we could intermittently do, but I was it it was such an active stream. I was I didn't want to cloud it with with anything else. Um, which in, in retrospect, I'm I'm really happy about. Also, I didn't know you were coming in with a pirate hat. So the pirate hat, the, the high school bits. Yeah, I had you going. <laughs> I don't know what uh what killed me about that one clip that I sent you, but at one point, Chi Town Spurs said you're not a pirate, and you go, you know what? I don't know if you're really a person. <laughs> I've said this before in my Twitter circles. Sorry, not all of you are part. Sorry sorry there are certain people that i am like 99 sure wow don't uh don't break the cycle here my white girl light man causing wow. all sorts of issues i am like 98 or 99 percent sure that there are some people who are in our live chats every single show who must be ai bots who are getting better and better at being like in the chat so go ahead weed them out if you want but i'm just saying that there's possible it's possible Chi Town spurs is a person 
He super chatted us. Those bots don't pay us money. If they did, I'd be creating bots. That's true. They'd be making us money. Real and they'd show. only be on my shows. I'd be like, look, look what a money-making machine I am. Uh, Chris sent us a super chat where we were talking about Ring of Honor saying, I don't believe Tony Khan ever made ROH a priority or, or have its own roster. Um, what do you think about that? I think it will inevitably have to have its own roster because I think I think for Collision and Dynamite to have their own rosters, you're going to have some pieces that are going to be ROH standouts. And you're also going to need to to do so from the fact that you're going to need to sign some people to be supplementary, especially in that women's division. I'm intrigued to see what happens with Cheeseburgers and uh, LSG and um, Eli Isom and those people were that were in that old crop that are being used. Um Lady Frost certainly seems like she's headed in the right direction. I don't know which brand she'll be on, but like there's a lot of possibilities there. So I think they will have to delineate the roster just from the perspective of they have signed talents that are going to need a home and they're going to need to sign some people to, to fill out the rest of that roster is my guess. Um, and you're also just not going to have like Christopher Daniels, Stokely Hathaway, Jerry Lynn, the people that are even as on-screen figures down there, there's so much tutelage and knowledge under the learning trees of a Christopher Daniels, of a Jerry Lynn. They're not going to waste those resources on people that are just showing up sometimes. So I think that'll be the case. I am worried about it being a live product. I think um, the studio is just such a a better environment, but a three-hour taping is not a lot to sit through. That's not bad. So if they get the timing of it right, I think that's, that's, that's probably just fine, but I think inevitably the roster will shake out. I think it'll become a priority, but I don't know if it'll ever be the priority that I want it to be because it's my favorite wrestling brand. So I want it to be the biggest priority. <laughs> I just realized that I think I'm going to have to sit through a ring of honor taping next uh, two weeks from now. You mean you're privileged enough to sit through? You're going to have to sit through it with me, aren't you? Oh no. Should we tell the people now? Sure. We can tell them. So you know how FIFAselect.com, which is the best five bucks in the business, said that uh, we will have people at uh, AW Collision in Toronto and AW New Japan Forbidden Door. We are people. You're looking at those two people. We're people, Joe. Are you? Maybe you are not a real person. Joel is a bot. It's true. I am. Oh, there we go. See, I'm telling you, bots. We were even talking about Trish. Perfect. And this, the person has an MJF. Thank you. That's just MJF. He's a big Trish, Trish stan. Uh, Ryan's Ryan, asked if we've met in person before. We have. We did. Oh, my God. Yeah, we did in New York. In your sister's apartment. I did. And we went to GCW Emo Night. We did. And I saw you very briefly at Grand Slam. And I bet, Sean, I have not met anybody else in person. I don't think. I met SP3 in person. But nobody else oh, that's, that's like Fightful Proper. Yeah, but it's SP3, so it's good. Hell yeah. Him and uh, Cass, I saw at GCW at Hammerstein. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, And let's uh, just because we're talking about it and because Chris keeps sending us super chats. Is it me or has Tony Khan dropped the ball on Ricky Starks? This one is a really interesting one to me because Ricky is, I don't want to use the word that he's been had the ball dropped on him. I don't think he's being used to his full potential, but I also see that he's on TV almost every week, which is more than I can say 
for certain talent who are not, uh, and then not not for reasons related to they're just going to go to collision where they can't coexist with anybody else. Uh, with Ricky, it feels like uh, it feels like he continuously gets the rug pulled out from under him. They've got to do something with him and Jay White to finish off the story. Now that they didn't do that at Dynamite, and AEW really loves to finish the story, right? 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 Nobody in this damn industry knows how to finish a goddamn story, Joe. <laughs> I uh, finish the story against all odds, so uh, clearly we're okay. Well, Thursday night programs know how to finish their stories. All right. I will say, uh, because we talked about Impact and we didn't go into depth on ROH, we don't have to, but I'll say the Dark Order, Stu Grayson, and the Righteous Story is some of the best wrestling television that is out there right now. Um, really, really, really well built out. Stu is so great. And the Dark Order being fed up about people always leaving them is good. Uh, I, as far as Starks goes, it's weird because it does feel like they dropped the ball a little bit with Starks, but I can't fully say that from the perspective of the TV time, like you mentioned. And also, there's no way they were like, eh, a debuting Jay White's not a big deal. Like, I think he's still highly regarded. I think... I think the last pay-per-view that was not that great. Um, it, it feels like they've been on a way better track since then. And it, it just has felt like, and Joe Holbert put this really well, like they were, they were seeing past the pay-per-view that they didn't have in front of them. Like they were, or that they did have in front of them. Like their plans were so far beyond the pay-per-view that they just did. So everything that was leading up to that just felt kind of waffly I think it's going in a good place now, but it does feel like Ricky, like the Jericho feud felt booked and reversed. This Jay White feud had like the dumb DQ ending that Ricky Starks would never do. I'm like, just give this man a a clean move, Mayor. Like let him have a, a moment to just have some, some true star power and shine. But I'm excited. I think if we get Ricky Starks and CMFTR versus Bullet Club Golds, because now that the guns are there, um, that's a that's a fun little four on four that we might be getting, but uh, but yeah, I I don't think it's a I don't think it's symptomatic of anything other than AEW having been in a weird spot for the past six weeks or like before the pay per view. Yeah, I'm waiting on waiting on some things to happen, but uh, it feels like it feels like they're just kind of stretching out the story with Ricky until they set in some plans, but uh, yeah, can't. Can't have a guns without some bullets, right? Uh, 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 I see what you did there. We'll see what happens with Ricky. I can't imagine they would do Bullet Club Gold or wouldn't do Bullet Club Gold versus Bullet Club at Forbidden Door, right? Like that just feels like such a an obvious one. I mean, yeah, Bullet Club, but they'll have like the war dogs from Bullet Club show up. So it'd be like Coglin Kid, Connors. Wow, that's a lot of C's. Uh, C's that are K's. Coglin, Kid, Connors, and Finley versus the I mean, Guns. Yeah. Like Jay White's. I don't hate that. That's a buy-in match, by the way. I hate to say it, like just by star power's sake. When the, when the biggest star of that match is Jay White, that's not a knock at Jay White. It's just more like Jay White's not Kazuchika Okada. Jay White's not Hiroshi Tanahashi. Who's Okada, man? What's the story? What's, What's the, story? the story? I don't know. Fucking greatness. Um, I, <laughs> I, I actually don't hate that idea as as a buy in match because Jay White's a 
a recognizable enough name to get you to buy a pay-per-view. But this Bullet Club proper versus gold is like Bullet Club just turned up the heat real fast. <laughs> like Connors, Kid, Coglin, like holy shit. It feels like the Bullet Club is a real deal again. Um, so Finley's best attributes might be his recruiting. It's like a college basketball coach or something. Uh, his recruiting powers outkick his uh, in-game a little bit. And also, um, it's a gaijin club again. It's no longer a bunch of Japanese House of Torture members and then a few other gaijin. Like, it's it's back to what Bullet Club yeah. used to be when it, it when it was, you know, created 10 years ago. I know Matt from Bread Club said this, and I couldn't agree, like, any more wholeheartedly. It feels like New Japan made it through the pandemic now, and they've they're in star making mode and they're using Okada and Tanahashi in the right way of they've kind of graduated toward now they're like bullying youngsters, which is just, that's just a fun, fun use. But like they're now new Japan's in star making mode. You have um, everybody we just named in the bullet club is like, those are future stars. Like Gabriel kid has grown leaps and bounds in the times that I've seen him. Clark Connors got turned way up after that four pack. Um, Mesh in, in AEW, uh, Coglin. What do you even say about the guy? Like, just watch that one suplex spot and you're bought in. And Finley is like finding his way as the leader here. It's really good. You've got Zack Saber Jr. with the TV title. You've got like all these young all stars that we're gonna see um, in in July. Like this, these juniors are ridiculous. Like that last Young Lions crop was really good, and now this juniors crop is like, man. Des- Despy is like having this breakout moment too. Like there, there really is a very natural changing of the guard happening in New Japan. I think it's going to make for a really fun pay per view, and I feel like they're doing like if you if the thing is that Okada is the New Japan John Cena, they're doing what they never did with John Cena that they should have done with John Cena with Okada right now, and that is like this. He, he has titles, so it's not title-free, but it's not world title-focused, suffocating young talent picture. It's using his... All of the equity that you put in him, you're now paying off on, on the other side. It's it's awesome, man. I'm so glad New Japan is like in, in full force because when it's great, it's the best. <laughs> and you've got G1 coming up. Ronald Hollick sent us a super chat saying, really excited for the G1 Climax, especially Block C with Eddie Kingston kicking off with Shingo Takagi July 16th. Eddie gets Tomohiro Ishii and Karkin Hall on the 26th. Kate, I know you love it. I know you're excited for it. Eddie's making the trip to Japan. He's going to go partner. He's going to beat up some 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 Japanese men and, and, other, and other species, I guess. Let me Let tell me- you, partner. Okay, I didn't just want to be in the G1. I want to win the G1. By the way, speaking of Eddie Kingston, we is FIFOSelect.com. We just dropped a huge update on AEW Fight Forever. We did? Yeah, oh, yeah, really we did. And <laughs> we did. Has some good stuff in here. I know it was really coming. I just didn't read it yet. It's here, and it's wonderful. Yeehaw. We're not going to break the paywall for it, but you should go check it out for five bucks. FIFOSelect.com. Again, I don't appreciate it. I expect it. Go subscribe and go read every story that goes up. Jason asking, did I say species? Yes, I said species. I couldn't think of another word to explain human, so I said species. (laughs) What's awesome about Eddie being in the G1 other than everything? 
uh, it, it's always cool when a wrestler is like, hey, that was my dream, and now it's coming true. That always rules. Uh, him and Shingo are going to have a match, buddy. <laughs> that is a hell of an opener. Uh, so I'm I'm just excited for that, too, that, like, what a perfect opener opponent. Hell yeah. Hana. Sorry, I was replying to Jason me like, ethnicities? I just didn't have words. Yeah, Joel, get words, bro. Sometimes I forget words. I'm looking forward to the G1. I have no idea. I got to really rush up on the blocks. I saw them pop up. I saw people already give their hot takes. I saw someone say Naito. And of course, every year someone says Naito and someone says, stop saying Naito. And I am on the <laughs> same boat. Stop saying Naito. If they wanted him, they would have done a lot with him a long time ago. Who knows? Maybe this is Naito's year, just like it was in 2017, but maybe not. Uh, let's move on. What else do we have here? We have a bunch of super chats. Let's get to, oh, uh, Ronald Hollick again saying, do you think Dark Order can be part of Don Callis' family to cut the elite out of AEW? That would turn the Dark Order in many, many ways, Kate. They would be some evil jerks. And then I would have to have that interview with Evil Uno right away. That's a really interesting call. I feel like it needs to be, God, I hate to, to do it because they've said we had Brody. We don't need another leader, but I feel like there's just too much of an opportunity to have somebody anti elite with the dark order there. Um, I mean, to catch in the dark order kind of sounds like a lot of fun to be honest. That's not bad. I could take that. There's a spot in there, but I got to see Stu Grayson back with them. Well, that's what's interesting is like this ROH story with Stu. My gut says that Stu doesn't end up with the Righteous or the Dark Order. That he he wants to be on his own for a while. Because I think he has like a Stu Grayson title run in ROH feels so right to me. I was saying that before he even came back under the AW banner. Like he just, that brand and that dude makes sense. On a lot of levels. Um, pure Grayson. A, a Stu Grayson pure run? Yeah. But I think a Stu Grayson TV title run or world title run even more so. Um, but yeah, you would, if you were doing that like against the elite, you would, I think you would want Stu back in that. But he can find his way home. That's an easy story to snap together. What if he can't find his way home? Maybe Ottawa's too far for him. From where, I mean, well, then again, like, he almost exclusively works either ROH or Canadian AW dates. So there you go. Like, just, um, you know, Google Maps. Find your way home. Yeah, there we go. Uh, if I can find my way to Toronto for Forbidden Door, Stu Grayson certainly can. Yeah, I have no idea how you're getting here. But anyway, Aaron Kubasak asks, you see ELP being an AEW bound post G1. That new theme he has is very Mikey Ruckus sounding. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Once upon a time, Mikey Ruckus did a... Uh, <clears throat> did a theme song for now former Impact wrestler Jordan Grace and it appeared a record number of once on Impact Wrestling. I don't know what happened to that theme. I don't know if anyone ever answered the question what happened to that theme, but Mikey once did one for, for Jordan Grace. Could I see ELP go in AEW? Sure. Do I want to? I still want to see ELP build the ranks up in New Japan. I don't think he's done there. I And also... I'm a big fan of, of ELP. Like I think him leaving him being kicked out of Bullet Club sucked because he had the best gear. He had the best, like I wanted that headbanger club t-shirt. I wanted the long sleeve one. 
for forever. I still want it. But he had the best gear. What do you think? Do you want the LP uh, in AEW or do you want him to uh, stick around New Japan? I feel like if he was going to be in AEW, he would have joined Bullet Club Gold. And I don't think you want to add him as a fifth. That feels wrong. Um, I would prefer he stay in New Japan because much like you, I feel like he has a lot of really great work that can be done there. I wouldn't be surprised if he showed up in AEW at all, though. Like, I, I think he he would do very well in AEW based on his presentation, the way he participates in the wrestling world. Like, I, I think he would do great. I just, similar to you, like, he seemed to me like a, a guy that could have been born into the next Bullet Club leader, like where Finley is now. Um, his gear is great. His Super Junior's jacket was really fun, too. Um yeah, I, he's an interesting one. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. My preference is he stays in New Japan, but I wouldn't be shocked if he he showed up in AEW. No. Also, Mikey does themes outside of AEW. He did yes. Aussie Open's theme. Man, I like that theme. It's good stuff. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. And then there's the time in WCW when they went to Australia and Scott Steiner went out there. And he said, Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. And they said, oi, oi, oi. And he said, oh, what I meant to say was, asshole, asshole, asshole. And they booed the shit out of him. And that was the best gimmick ever. <laughs> it's not bad. God bless. Okada my- yelling, Okada, Kata, Kata. <laughs> While wrestling was, that was top moment. Aces. Uh, the ace. Wrestle Robot 43. <laughs> Beep, boop. Shout out to all the bots in the chat. Thank you. Thank See? you so much for the chat. The bots are starting to become sentient and send us money. Please send us money, bots. Send us more money. All right. I am just learning to love. It's that time. Let's talk about it. Chris sent the super chat, so let's just start on this. Is CM Punk being caused by bad collision ticket sales? I think we have to do a better job of quantifying what bad is. Okay. So there are bad ticket sales going on for collision right now. Mostly in the Canada run, right? Yes. And there are plenty of reasons non-punk related for that. However, he hasn't sold out the United Center either yet. But he hasn't. Is but there's really such a big deal? I'm going to say no for a few reasons. One, everybody already knew. So if you were expecting his confirmation to like open up the gates to a whole other level, I think that's silly because... I think everybody was thought it was very obvious that that was going to be the case and probably already bought their tickets Two, nobody knows what collision is yet. And when he came back to AEW, everybody wanted to go to AEW anyway. And three, I think he did move some tickets. It just didn't sell out, but they had to open up like a whole other section because tickets did move. I think part of the problem with the Canadian tour is like you're, you're selling collision tickets and all of your Canadian draws are on dynamite, right? Like I feel like Kenny Omega is probably the biggest draw that they have Jericho, like all of your Canadian dudes are not on that particular show. Um, And nobody knows what it is. So I wouldn't be surprised if collision debuts and it's cool. People will probably buy more last minute tickets. Um, If they put meaningful programming on there, if they put the Owen on there, people probably buy tickets. But I also don't care because I want to go to it and I'm going to go to it. So 
I hope it sells well for my sake. So let's start with the collision debut at the United Center. Uh, according to WrestleTix on June the 4th, there were 8,000 tickets distributed. There's still an two about 2,200 left. And that since the CM Punk announcement that he was coming back, they moved about uh, 994. So almost 1,000 tickets. Pretty good. And it's a that's a 10,000 capacity? Uh, 10,000 is the current setup. They can be set up for, I think, up to 19,000. Okay. I think they, they did 10 for when he came back. So I'm guessing. I feel like it was more than that. But I don't know for sure. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not, again, this isn't me throwing shade. I'm just thinking, I think it was more. But um, yeah, so there, so there is that. The Canada thing. Okay. I am Canadian. I can say that. I live in Toronto, so I know this. Uh, what if Bret Hart shows up? I've already made that comment so many times. I wanted I wanted Will Ospreay to just smack the shit out of the <laughs> I wanted because this is because it's all like I hate Canada. Canada's the worst. That's the Will Ospreay promo right now. Instead of him coming and smacking Bret Hart, I said, Why don't you have Will Ospreay show up early and cut a promo on the Canada Walk of Fame where Bret Hart just got a star and like stomp on it and spit on the star and just talk shit about Bret Hart? Do that. That'll be fine. But anyway, Canada. Hamilton is a 45-minute drive from Toronto. They announced Forbidden Door. And then around that same time, they announced the Hamilton show for Dynamite. And then they announced the tickets for Collision, saying we're going to do one the night before Forbidden Door in Toronto, which two nights in Toronto, sure. And then the Wednesday, so like three nights later, we're going to Dynamite in, in, in Hamilton. And then we're going to tape Collision. That's the first and only taped Collision event that is on the calendar right now. And that's in Hamilton. That has has sold under a thousand tickets. The Toronto shows the cost right now per ticket is like starting at hundred and twenty dollars Canadian, which like Whoa. I know. Which granted, like in the states is, is like three dollars, but we still have to pay hundred and twenty dollars Canadian. Yeah, well, and you're in the market you're in. I think Jeff Jarrett's probably to blame for this as the live show coordinator. And oh. because of that, I think he needs to double down on his energy that's being put toward live events and get off TV. I don't know what or who I'm not, and I don't think anyone, I don't think there's anyone quote to blame here. Uh, this it's is just Jared. Okay. This is the first time that AWS ran Scotiabank arena, which is the, the NHL arena, the NBA arena. This is, it's where the Raptors play. It's where the Toronto Maple Leafs play. Uh, it is the largest venue that is of that, you know, stature. But that it's is Kate's first time. credential. Is it really? That's upsetting. Yeah, because, well, here's the thing. Normally I want to sit with my friends. So I just buy a ticket with my friends. Like, I don't want to sit with you media clowns. I want to sit with my friends and watch a wrestling show, but none of them are going to Forbidden Door. So I'll settle for Joel. I just want it for free. Anyway, so. <laughs> you have no friends. So. I have no friends. Now, and so I had to sit with John Pollock and Wei Ting and say nice things to each other for That's it. three hours. And it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good, Kate. What, whatever makes you smile, Joel. Well, they, they just say, oh, yeah, we've heard of you. You do good work. And I'm just like, oh, you've heard of me? Aww. Aww. Anyway. That's not actually what happens most of the time. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> so someone's saying they should run Maple Leaf Gardens. Oh, God. 
please don't run Maple Leaf Gardens again. ROH did that over SummerSlam weekend in 2019. It's now the Madame Center, which is on Ryerson University campus. Shout out Ryerson Rams. That's where I went to school. Uh, that venue is not what it used to be. It is much smaller, but it is not, it's just not the same. And it's not really built for wrestling the same way that an arena setting is. It's not big enough. You can run. Well, aren't the Maple Leafs big losers? Oh, they're giant losers. They suck. Yeah. Well, let's maybe let's... like let's not like lean uh, into that. Anyway, you know? they're not going to go back to Coca Cola Coliseum because it only houses nine thousand people, and you'll sell out like that. Forbidden Door had to be at at Scotiabank because they knew it would sell out. Um, yeah, NXT was at Maple Leaf Gardens once, and it was okay. But you know, it's just not the right spot for this event. Uh, they also couldn't do things like pyro, which I'm sure Collision is going to have plenty of, and so will Forbidden Door. So you need to can, take that. Can you collide things in that venue? Probably. Is it zoned to collide? Yeah, multiple collisions will happen. Okay, that's yeah. see, that's an important thing. You know what they should do is they should do this. Cancel the Hamilton show. I think you should rap about Hamilton, like from the music from the music. For like from the musical, you should be like, "How does a wrestling promotion, <laughs> yeah, flow?" Not happening. Like Hamilton, get it? Yeah, no, I understand the point. Every time I've been to Hamilton, it's been a not great experience. I have an idea. This it doesn't a- involve you rapping. Oh, thank God for that. I think this triple threat with the Jarretts and Aubrey and Mark Briscoe and Pop Briscoe is going to be so. Happen. I think it's so special. It should happen at the Maple Leaf Garden. And I think you should have to be there and they shouldn't even bother televising it. It should just be this moment that happens just for that. Because Joel, explain this to me, okay? I hate to harp because this week was a great week for wrestling. It was. Great week. Mm -hmm. Fantastic week. Indisputably a great week for wrestling. Undisputedly. Undisputedly, because I know what undisputed means, and I make up words. That's right. Indubitably, undisputedly, a great week for wrestling. Dickity, highly dubious. How? How? Can Aubrey not do a match as a a singles competitor because her role as a referee, and that would be biased? But when two dudes are out there with her, suddenly that cures her of what would be her bias and relieve her of her referee conflict of interest because she's what the fuck see the problem is i had a really good joke about this but people got the the weirdos before i even made it used the joke as their own little like hey we gotcha type of joke and that was the uh the you, you followed the whole ref aubrey has an alter ego on the internet and copyright strikes things. Of course I did. And I also figured out who it actually was in about 14 seconds. So anyway, the point I was going to make was a joke around that. But of course, those dorks decided to make it one of their jokes. So now I can't use it and I'm very upset. Dorks ruin everything. (sighs) Dorks and bots. At least the bots send us money. No, the the bots are fine, honestly. They they just they they're the best when they send us money. Yeah, send us money, bots. I expect it. I can't emphasize that enough. 
Someone saying Mike from Indeed isn't going to be happy that I'm trashing Hamilton. He says it too, man. He says it too. That guy doesn't care. He's like, Hamilton whatever. Hits yeah, his vape. Right. He's happy. Hamilton is just not a good place for... Sorry, Ethan Page. I'm so sorry. It's not a good place to have a wrestling show anymore. Ever since A1 packed up and left the, the territory, that was it. That was it. I don't know. Canada is all just a place. It's just one place. But so so Montreal and Toronto and Hamilton are next to each other. So okay. As is Quebec. The punk thing. So now let's look past Canada. Let's say we get past Canada where honestly the draw is going to be when they finally just say that the Owen Hart tournament is going to be exclusively in Canada on collision. Buy your tickets now. Here are the people who are participating and have you think that. that'll be this week's big Tony Khan announcement? I swear to God, I hope it is. I will be over the moon. I've been trying to get that announcement for so long. And he's got to make it wearing his hat. Wait, can you can you make it in the stylings of Tony Khan? Can I do it? Yeah. Uh, uh, t- Jeremy does it so much better than I do. Thank you to the great fans of AEW. I am proud to announce that the Owen Hart Foundation presents the Owen Hart Cup in conjunction with All Elite Wrestling starting this July where the first active competitor involved will be Miro. And he will compete in the Owen Hart Foundation Owen Hart Cup running all throughout Canada on AEW Collision throughout the month of July, culminating with the finals in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, at the world-famous Saddle Dome during... The Calgary Stampede. Thank you again for supporting All Elite Wrestling. Tony, back to you. Also in attendance will be CM Punk. Punk. (laughs) Someone's like, all right, this stream is about CM Punk. It's about wrestling. The stream is about wrestling. And what's beautiful about that is Joel does all the work to prepare for it. Yeah, so. and if we spend five minutes on the topic on the thumbnail, well, that's just not my fault. We have so many other... CM Punk, here's how you know CM Punk is a draw, okay? He was our thumbnail for like a month and our views were high. Er, like between er. 800 and 1,000, I'd say. We take him off the thumbnail for one week, our views go down. It's because we were talking about cinema. These people didn't want to talk about cinema, Kate. The test of if somebody is a draw is do they pop viewers on Fightful Overbooks Sunday night show when they're on the thumbnail? That's it. That's the only thing you need to know. Don't give me your million dollar gates. I don't want any of that. Don't give me your, oh, co-main eventing. I don't know who's the real draw. No. If you pop our viewers on Fightful Overbooked Sunday 8 p.m. show, the best show at Fightful, Kate and Joel call it in the ring. Or if you watch the intro, it's still Tim and Joel, but that's fine. Got lazy, I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. Look how good I look. Here. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's you're pointing at the at the thing <laughs> at your face. Like, look how good I look. <laughs> <laughs> Are you pointing at the white? I'm trying to point. It's weird. Vanna, you are not. There we go. And a whiteboard behind us here. 
It's a very uncomfortable position to actually point at it. I could tell. I look great. Okay. Yes. That's how you know if someone's a draw. It's very strange that this show does as well as it does on a Sunday night at 8 p.m. No, it's not. Because, Joel, I expect it. Much like your Super Chats. Much like your Fightful subscriptions. Much like your Fightful Select subscriptions. Much like your subscriptions to this channel. Much like your Mark Order t-shirts. And sticker requests. Of which we've been getting many. And why? That's the expectation. None of this. Oh my gosh, we appreciate every single one of you. Of course, of course you want to subscribe and leave a thumbs up on this video. What kind of coward doesn't. Are you about to say acknowledge me at the end of this so I can go to the next thing? Kate has a major announcement. Actually, so hold, so yeah, let's 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 go. Okay. Punk. Um I don't think that it's safe to say whether or not he's a draw yet. I think a lot of people really jumped to that conclusion with ticket sale conversations. I'm giving closure to this conversation, Kate, and I hope you'll agree that if for some reason he lasts three months and then FOs again, then yes, we're done with the CM Punk situation for now. If he comes back and the first episode of Collision is so amazing that tickets for all subsequent collisions are up, then yes, you can say CM Punk had a huge play, a huge play in that. The first episode is probably going to open with him and it's going to close with him in the closing match. Is he probably going to pin, I don't know, Juice Robinson? Yes. Will he then get beat up by the guns? Yes. But he will have had a good episode of, of, of Collision and that would be good enough for some. They will be giving us CMFTR. He will be across the ring from Samoan Joseph, one of the island boys. Mimosa um, Joe. Samosa Joseph Joe. of the Samoas. Okay. Uh, and the other thing is, like, I'm very excited for CM Punk to come back because I love watching his wrestling. I'm also very excited for, like, Miro and Brian Danielson and because um, Danielson hasn't had a match in a while. Uh, and Ricky Starks and a bunch of the other talent that's going to be on the show. So for me, collision is going to be a home run because there's a lot of people that I don't feel like have had breathing room that are going to get it. And CM Punk's going to be back. I, I think it's hard to measure like between his announcement and now, because I feel like a lot of people really assumed that he was going to be coming back on, on collision. So I don't know if like the announcement pumping things up is too high of an expectation, but we'll see appearing at no i'm not doing this <laughs> going to forbidden door on behalf of fightful will be joel and kate plus you eight. took away my moments that's the adam cole thing where he comes in and he's like baby and then there's a dog unforgivable what yeah. you just did to me it's okay g bro says i may not be a bot but i'm not a coward or i may be a bot but I'm not a coward. <laughs> I get it. See? You guys can't tell me this works because I'm just going to keep doing it. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's someone bought a Mark Order t-shirt because I told them they don't support women if they That's... don't. <laughs> oh, okay, paypal.me slash Pearl if you support Well, hold on! <laughs> Homie's got Venmo and Cash App. Okay? No. All right, now we're pandering on the platform. Let's move on. Let's do... Uh, 
You want to talk about SmackDown? We want to talk about Jay and and Paul and Jay being groomed. <laughs> oh, to be the next leader of the bloodline. Sorry. Probably helps that I actually specify that. A little more, a little more context is key there. No, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, we can talk about it. Okay. So what do you want to talk about regarding the bloodline? Everything. Cinema. So mm. first of all, indisputably. Cinema. Undisputedly. Undisputably cinema. Yes. Indubitably undisputably. It's cinema. This is directed by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Starring Robert De Niro as Roman Reigns. Yeah. Yeah. Hoo <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I think my timeline that I predicted might be more accurate than yours after seeing it this week. Scent of a Roman, by the way. That's the name of the movie. <laughs> Scent of a Roman. I think I think this might be happening sooner than later. Someone go he and Al Pacino. <laughs> You're a racist man. You think all Italian dudes who were all in the same movies together are the same. Well, let me tell you something. They they kinda are. They're not, but like kinda. Uh, I got totally owned. That was great. I love that. I love when you get totally owned. Thanks. You're welcome. Makes Sorry. My day. Continue don't, your shot. Continue your thought, please. No, I think this is good. I, I, it feels like the Bloodline stuff is moving. I don't think you can drag this out till Mania, man. I think this is going to happen before. Um, but I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see where it goes. It kind of has to be Jay, I think. Uh, but I loved... Paul Heyman using the manipulation of the U.S. title, and I loved that Jay was smart enough to be like, "Well, if I win it, you're out of here." Uh, loved all that. I don't. I kind of just wish he beat Austin Theory. <laughs> why? He's fine. I don't know why people love to shit on Theory so much. He's he's a really good wrestler. Mama, mama, he's great in ring. I. Yeah. I I cannot stand the are you a believer now now that I low blow a ref to get a win like I have nothing to believe in you you fucking nerd uh, and I don't like the pretty deadly pairing because it just makes no sense but I love pretty deadly and I love them using the twin magic spot for no reason that's the best <laughs> it kills me I love it yeah the I don't think it's ending that quickly as you do as you've talked about on this show i still think that this bloodline well, you also think robert de niro and al pacino are the same so Who are... what do you know sense of a roman was still a really good line and i stand by it okay i will stand by <laughs> it until the end of time much like i'm going to stand by the fact that i think that this whole bloodline story is going through mania i do think there's still more to it they have to find ways to tell the story without it being the same repeating pattern every time and this is almost the start of them figuring it out because the I whole mean, it was still i super kicked the wrong person like so yes the 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 action needs to be figured out still the story and the way they're starting to tell it that's starting to change up a little bit is what about the way they finish it 
Well, in WWE, you don't really finish your story. It just kind of starts a new chapter every year. At the first Raw after WrestleMania, it's a new year and it's a new story. And the story never ends. So there's that. But at the same time, I think the story ends when The Rock comes back to make back the $60 million he lost on the XFL. That might get him back. Man, the more I think about it, I'm like, did John Cena bounce him out of the industry? In some ways, he did. And the irony is delicious. It is. It it feels like... Dwayne, I got $60 for you. You can have a UFC match, too. God damn. It feels like if you see, there's a really great interview. I think it was Sam Roberts with Sita who said part of why he went that hard on that promo was he was like, the rock did not need to be leveled up for that feud. I needed to be leveled up for that feud to do like this generational clash. And I loved the way he phrased it. He He's a very interesting interview when he talks about like the actual business piece of, of wrestling. Um, it feels like John Cena was the Eminem to The Rock being Machine Gun Kelly. Remember when Eminem rap battled him so hard he switched genres? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's what it feels like with The yeah. Rock to me. John Cena is also a giant politicking piece of garbage when you think about it. Look at what he did to Austin Theory. He told he may have told Theory, I'm going to say all this shit about you, but like Theory got nothing out of that win. There he got made to look like an even bigger bitch out of that win. It was a big politic play, to me at least. Wow. Why would you give Austin Theory that win? When and and then afterwards, the, Austin or not Austin Theory. Afterwards, John Cena being like, "Oh yeah, they they didn't tell me that they were gonna bring all those Make a Wish children on the stage." That's some bullshit. That is some bullshit. And like he's, I'm not gonna compare him to Hogan because I think that's a shitty thing to do. But in some ways, in the in the wrestling. Well, let me tell you something, 24-inch pythons, and I slammed on the giant brother. That's kind of what John Cena's been doing. He's retconning some shit to get himself over years after he's left the business, pops in from here and there, get himself over, and then he wrestles a match just because he can keep that stupid streak alive of wrestling at least one match a year because someone brought it to his attention. He was like, oh, end of December, got to go to work, and here we are. Well, that's... That's part-timer syndrome in general. Mm. I think is is a big piece of it. I think if I think if you're Austin Theory and John Cena says I'm going to say all this shit about you, and you come back with the absolute nothing that Austin Theory came back with, part of that's on you because that's also John Cena saying sack up. I'm about because here's the thing: if Austin Theory has anything to come back with, he comes out of that looking great. If he has more than, haha, you're bald. If John Cena tears him down and he actually has a response, suddenly he's not the fucking guy that is the crowd noise guy with a generic promo. Like, he had an opportunity there, and I don't love that John Cena destroyed it. I remember, though, earlier that episode, Seth Rollins destroyed Logan Paul. Like, in a very similar fashion. I wish I could remember the guts of it a little bit more. Was that the bye-bye bitch promo? It might have been. He just basically called him all the things that I've been saying. Like, you're a crypto scamming piece of shit, basically. It was earlier that episode, and something about that, I remember being like, 
it felt like John Cena went out there and was like, oh, we get to do this shit now? Okay. I remember that being the same episode because it felt almost like John Cena was like, oh, I have permission to go out there and do this? Hell yeah. And like leaned in. But if he told Austin Theory and Austin Theory came back with, haha, you have a bald spot, part of that's on Austin Theory. Like, that's not great. You gotta, it, you, you gotta do better. It wasn't the same episode. It may have been the week after that. But either way, I get what you're saying. And it, and it, you do have to do better than that. It was just the, the fact that Cena went in like that and he may have said he was, but still, that doesn't mean he was supposed to. Like, a veteran knows better than to do that. And if that was his way of being like, I'm going in because no one gave The Rock that benefit when I went after him for writing the promo on his arm. You know, you and Austin Theory don't have any beef. There's no reason for you to dig in like that. <laughs> well, and you're also, you're digging into somebody who's vulnerable where The Rock is the fucking rock. Right. Like an Austin Theory needed to be built up. But I will also say too that like, I think part of that is John Cena wasn't on TV. So he probably cranked it up because he's trying to build a feud in like one or two promos, right? Like this is a WrestleMania feud and you are giving basically one TV appearance to it. You're probably going to go pretty hard on that. Um, but it, it was definitely more destructive than good. And it kind of feels like he didn't really ever recover. Uh, but I, I don't know. They've had some questionable booking around it, but it, it feels like a very unproductive title reign to me. I don't think there's a lot of people that see him in a much better light than they did before he got the title. So I don't want to do this with every, you know, wrestler. We, I don't want to bring everything back to impact, but I will bring this up. Wow. One of the best things that impact did with the X division championship reign that Trey Miguel just finished was that Trey was cheating to win. He's a heel and he was doing it in different ways every time. And eventually caught up with him when he was finally challenged by someone who said, you keep cheating to win. You can't beat me normally. And he said, bet. And guess what happened? He lost. So any, even after he tried to cheat, he still lost because he got, you know, he got cocky and the, the cockiness got the better of him. That's the story that should be happening with Austin Theory. Because he continues to find ways to win by essentially either cheating or taking advantage of the situation. And that's okay if that's the story you're trying to tell of your heel U.S. champion continuing to win. You want to hate him because he continues to find ways to get out of every match with the championship. That's okay. But they're not telling those stories. No, and they're, I mean, look at MJF. He cheats all the time. But he's a clever son of a bitch about it. Uh, Right. The Austin Theory ones are just cheap, 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 cheap. To a certain degree, yes. But I mean, the way he won the title, was it the Royal Rumble when he won it? The In the three-way where he landed on top of Lashley and Seth. After yeah, that, that finish was cool. That finish was cool. Yeah, that was either the Rumble or it was a Saudi match. Either way, like it was a big event match. And that, stuff like that I love. It was the same thing when he retained the title in that three-way at Backlash. Same situation. He lucked his way into the finish. You know, tsunami was hit. He got tossed out of the ring, hit with the something. And and again, he won. He won. But he this is the thing. thing. His character is going around being like, aren't you a believer? And it's like, well, no, you get lucky and you cheap and cheat ways. Like, there's nothing for me to believe in you for. Right. Like MJF, you're just like, oh, what a clever asshole. Or, oh, man, that guy did exactly what he said he would because he beat Darby Allen with a headlock takeover, right? Um, But, like, the ways he cheated in that Danielson match were awesome. Um, This just feels like, 
oh yeah low-hanging fruit why am i like a believer in austin theory yeah there is some creative that is lacking in his title run big time yeah and i think a lot of people just are blaming the person instead of blaming the creative which is you know whatever do what you will but that's i think it's a a little of i think it's a little of both i think it's a little of both i think he, he has some work to do um are you saying that they're a town down down on him yes Anyway, uh, so Jay loses that match because his brother super kicks him in the face and doesn't realize it. Super uh, kick in the face. Too many. So anyway, <laughs> I, I, I like where this is going. And I am interested in seeing what happens when Roman comes back on Friday to where this all kind of finishes up. I agree. Because I think we have a long time until we get to the finish of the story with WrestleMania, whatever it is. I, I do think it's going to mania, but uh, there's a lot of, a lot on the table, but I thought it was good this week with that. Ha- they had Jay and Paul Heyman carried the most of it. Yes. Kate. I have a question pertaining to AEW world. Yeah. Hey, Swerve's not the international champion. Or chastity retained. And they didn't do it in will Washington country, which made it even worse. I know. I'm upset. I can't believe Will did this. And by Will, I, of course, mean Will Ospreay. Um, I, <laughs> that's been my new, I do that to Reg all the time. I'm like, you're best friends with Will Ospreay. I don't understand why you're not. It's that's right. Fun. We have fun. Um, we have fun here. We do. I'm, I'm not mad about it. And I like where this uh, six man is going. It could be really fun. I thought the match was awesome, but where do you think this, the the fun thing with this Orange Cassidy reign is it's the international title. So he could lose it for Ben Door and it, it go to somebody in New Japan and that makes sense. But do you think maybe like our opening collision, it's like Andrade versus Orange Cassidy or Miro versus Orange Cassidy or something? So a title change hands. I think they do Swerve and Cassidy again. I think that's that might be the move too. And I think Swerve finally wins it. I think Swerve and Nick Wayne is a match that is coming soon to AEW because they ran that in Nick Wayne's territory. And he's about to join AEW on the roster with his 18th birthday coming up. Uh, and his first match, I think they announced was going to be Swerve. I think... I feel like they either did or it's like hinted almost absurdly yeah, obvious at this point. I'd put the title on Nick Wayne on his first night. Really surprised the shit out of people. If you want to put a lot of money and a lot of, a lot of power behind someone, then you have Nick Wayne shock with the world and win the title office. Who, who will have had the title for at least a month at that point? So I don't know if they're, uh, unless it's you like that idea. But I also want Swerve to have gold for a little bit. Like after the TNT title, who knows? <laughs> Everyone gets the TNT title if you just ask nicely. My God, like, or you only get it for a minute if you're Will Hobbs, though. I, I kind of went in on that on Friday. I was like, we had this whole cool book of Hobbs thing for him to do what? Oh, squash people with a, a spine buster, which is exactly what he was doing beforehand. Like. Oh, I'm I'm so bummed because he he's so cool, and they built out these amazing vignettes, and then he just is doing the same thing. 
I mean, according to to NWA, if you just show up and challenge Tyrus, you get a a world title shot there. So Swerve can just show up and capture the ten pounds of gold. Oh, I I didn't know that because I'm not a real wrestling fan. That's right. Darius Carter is still trying to get his ten pounds of gold match against against Tyrus. Anyway, that's a whole other can of worms. Uh, Swerve. We talked about NWA way too much on the show. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I just want to bring it up for the sake of that. Swerve winning the that that title, the the uh, international championship. I almost called the All Atlantic. Is uh, is to me on the horizon. And then him and Nick Wayne having a, a series of matches. Maybe not on the first night, but certainly later on. I think they're going to put some some mustard on Wayne. Uh, and Wayne has friends, and his friends include those painted up friends of. Uh, of orange cassidy's it's true so i really want uh i want kushida and orange cassidy in a match really bad and it would be kind of fun if he lost to kushida at forbidden door is kushida gonna be at forbidden door and i just booked him to be so i guess him and kevin knight are still the light heavyweight champions right yeah tag tag junior champions okay good because kevin knight you know who else is going to be at Forbidden Door? Me oh, and you, that's, baby! That's right. You and I are going to be there. Keep forgetting. That's going to be fun. But yeah, that's uh, that's where my brain is at with the International Championship. This was the week where a lot of people thought it was going to happen, but I feel like they'll pull the trigger in a few weeks. They'll redo the match. I just don't know where. I don't want to even speculate as to where or when, but I think it'll happen. Joel, I have great it. news for you. What's that? Swerve. And Orange Cassidy are going to have their international title rematch in Hamilton, Canada on collision. By the way, the junior champions are no longer Kevin Knight and Kushida. Which will also feature CM Punk. Thank you. Wait, I thought they were. I thought Kevin Knight just dropkicked the shit out of someone to retain them, no? They have lost on the other nights. I don't know anymore, man. There's so many matches. There's a lot of things happening in New Japan right now. Junior Tag Team Championship. Someone else probably told me. Other. Is it a cure? Oh, it's uh, Catch-22 has them again. They won them on June the 4th. Yeah, that was at Dominion. I thought they retained at Dominion, but oh, I guess I'm out of my mind. Wow, Kate. I've watched a lot of wrestling in the past week, man. This is ice ribbon all over again for you. Who are? What does ice have to do with anything? Exactly. Uh, Someone in the chat's mentioning the idea of The Undertaker coming to have a match with Sting at All In. I can tell you now that's not happening. The Undertaker is under a very substantial WWE contract and will not be appearing at All In. If you think he's appearing at All In, and you bought your ticket based on The Undertaker being it all in, I think you should sell your ticket. Or don't, and just rearrange your expectations. Yeah, no, I don't know why The Undertaker would be at all in. Because the people at SummerSlam 1992 need to rest in peace. Well, well, no. Um, <laughs> no, that guy's WWE. He's got his one-man show out here, Joel. We can't be... Going to All Out. He's got to practice his stories to finish. <laughs> got to practice my stories. <laughs> Fake Undertaker retired in 2014, by the way. Bro, I can't. 
Undertaker when I first started watching was legit like my favorite. I thought that was such a cool thing. And I'm so sick of this guy because he had 47 retirement moments. And because this one man show, the last thing Undertaker did that was really great was his cameo to All Elite Scooby-Doo. I'm ready for him to fade into the background. That's awesome. (laughs) All Elite Scooby-Doo. I heard you got all A's in class this year. That's awesome, Granny. I hope you rest. <laughs> oh, she's not dead? My bad. Anyway. Uh, the Undertaker one-man show. I have not heard a single good thing about it. Yet. Joel, I have a huge announcement. Oh, no. This year's All In at Wembley Stadium will not feature The Undertaker. But it will feature Bill Goldberg. Oh, I knew you were going to say Because he will be a member of MJF's Just Five Jews stable. You know who it might feature? We can talk about this. I know we're like over on our estimated time. Uh, A certain Mercedes Money. Not anymore. She's busy. She's well. She's broken. <laughs> you know, booked and busy. Well, she's busy and broken. She is, but that was they were talking about that for Forbidden Door. I'm wondering about if that's on the table for Wembley. I don't know. She's got a corgi. Does she think she want to bring the corgi to to that country? Of course, the Queen had tons of them. I know, but that's what I'm saying. They'll get lost. They won't get lost. It'll be like a nice remembrance. It's like when Bart brings the frog to Australia. I don't know the Simpsons. Get over it. Uh, here we go. MJF, Goldberg, Cole Cabana, QT Marshall, and I think it was Eric Cannon was the other person I had. Oh, no, it was Barry Horowitz. It was Barry Horowitz. Oh. Yeah, because he got to give Barry a payday. And because it's MJF, it would be MJF, Goldberg, Cole Cabana, QT Marshall, Barry Horowitz, just five Jews. And they should eat five guys burgers just yes. as like to be little pissers. No, no cheese, no bacon. Correct. Just five Jews. Ryan Lambert with the super chat saying, how dare y'all start without me? Hi, all you snazzy peeps. Hello, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. We've been on for 90 some odd minutes now. So, uh, yeah, I know. It's been a while. It's been been a while since we started the show. I don't know why this person keeps trying for a taker match at all in. I swear to God. (laughs) He's got to be trolling us at this point. Or, Or a bot. Goldberg in the Elite, by the way, is just perfect. CM Punk versus his cult mother. Oh, has to be a troll, I love it. What's her name? You said it at the press conference. It's not Sue. They're all Sue. No, Sue's a founding member of Chaos. That's right. Do you think she's going to bring the van with her? She's fucking better. I would love if they had the van entrance in Toronto, and it's got the Chaos rap decal on it. Just to have the members of Chaos come out in the stupid van, confused as hell. Like, why are we doing this? So, us Mark Order gang on Wednesdays loves to troll Matt from the Bread Club because he can't stand that we say that Sue's a founding member of Chaos. And I changed the Wikipedia several times to make sure that she is. And now that we're talking about it, I remembered I have to go switch it back. Uh, but she is a founding member of Chaos. It was reported by Fightful.com. Show right. confirmed it. So I'm always like, as important to Chaos as Shinsuke Nakamura. 
Marsha, by the way, is her name. Marsha. Marsha, That's Marcia, such Marcia. a mom name. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Someone saying Okada and Sue's van is breaking my dream. Hell yeah, let's go. That's what I was thinking of too when I said it. Okada like in the no. big New Japan history robe getting out of Sue's van. Oh yeah. Wait, who's Okada? Uh, he's this guy um, who's pretty good at wrestling and I think that's his story. I love that people are having that like fake conversation when he was at Forbidden Door a last year. <laughs> yeah, but Kate, nobody watched last year, remember? Huge flop of a show. Nobody liked it. Oh, right, 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 right. Didn't win any awards in wrestling lore. I don't know. I don't I also don't put any like I don't put any stock into those things. Joel, you put a ton of stock into them. You bought stock in them. No, I bought stock in the super chats people send to us. By the way, we're heading down the home stretch, I think. So go ahead and send us all your money. Uh what you, where, where are we? Money in the Bank qualifiers are still on my list, and MJF and Adam Cole, Bay Bay. So where do you want to go? Um, let's let's clear out the Money in the Bank qualifiers because I don't think there's like a ton to talk about. Hey, everybody, give us your money, by the way. Give us your money. So, this is specifically so I can pay people not named Kate, Joel, or Jeremy. Specifically a- because I expect. That's right. Oh, here we go. Just before we get to Money in the Bank, here's the other cup, the Owen Hart the Owen Hart's Cup final. Roland Hollick thinks Ronald. Sorry, my brain is like whew. Ronald. That's okay. Hall- he should be black from this. Yeah, thinks you know, it's uh, Dustin Rhodes versus Jeff Jarrett in the final. Okay, here's the thing. Bree Woo the get out of here, Ronald. The only, the only reason why Jeff Jarrett doesn't hurt here and it shouldn't hurt you is because Jeff and Owen were really close. And they were best friends. And that's the end of Kate's and Joel and Kate at eights. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Major announcement, getting a bye to the finals. Then Jeff Jarrett can give some little speech about how close they were. Okay? He who did. to be in it. On his way to the finals. So who would you have in the finals of the Owen Hart Cup tournament? For the men and the women. Uh, probably Joel Pearl. Thank you. Um, what are some of your winners, men and women? Let's see. Right now, you have Tony Storm and Chris Stat, and you have Wardlow and Max. Last year, you had Brett and Adam Cole win it. Who do you have win the Owen? You don't want it to be like. I don't want Danielson's first title to be the Owen, but I would like for it to be somebody more like a returning Layla Hirsch for the women. Yes. Uh, for the men. And not just cause I'm on a Techers run, but like something in more in Owen style. Like I, I feel like something, somebody more technically sound would be fun. Um, have Brett Hart win it. Did you say Brett? Yeah. For the women? No, Layla Hirsch for the oh, for the women. Brett for the dudes. No, actually, for real, it would be really cool if they gave it to Dax. It would be really cool if they gave it to Dax. That'd be interesting. That'd be really fun. Um, Someone in the chat saying Kyle O'Reilly. I wish. I wish you were thing. back. Athena for the women, Yuta for the men. Some more support for Wheeler Yuta. My Wheeler's pick- not a bad call. 
my picks are Jungle Boy and Anna mm-hmm. Jay. I want them to keep doing the couples thing. And I want them both to be firmly heels this year. I'm being serious. I'm not, this isn't a bit. Like I really want. You want, want them to, to keep being couples? I want them to do another year where they bring it, where they have the couples win it. And it's like unironically just have the couples win. But I also think that between Jungle Boy turning heel inevitably and making a statement, that should be the first big statement that he makes is winning that that cup. And then Anna J. Anna J is just my sleeper pick. I just think it'd be funny to watch her win this whole thing. Couples and heels winning the Owen. Who would do that? Double barf to me. Why would you do that? Someone says CM Punk is a gimmick fighter. I had no idea. Money in the Bank qualifiers. Let's go. I want it to be LA Knight and EO. I mean, in a match together? Yeah. Okay. Actually, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would be for that. I'm intrigued to see if these Bianca heel leanings, because I said it last week, if they did do that, which I didn't think they were going to do, but I would like it. Uh, this week, I feel like they might actually, because her attitude has changed. Um, her with the briefcase as a heel would be real, real fun. But the other thing is, they have to cash it in within 22 hours. So, Tony, man, it's going to be Drew McIntyre. That would be awesome. I would love that for Drew. I would love to see Drew make his way back, win it. Do the they, uh, take somebody out and join the fray, join it, win it. Let's go. They don't have it set up for last chance qualifiers this year, though. I know no, it's WWE and it doesn't matter, but I was gonna say, like, they could just take somebody out. Like, Riddle Brock, Brock takes out Cody. Hmm. I don't know about the Cody's not in. Oh, that's right. I keep, I think, I just keep assuming he is. I, I yeah, I, would, I wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind Drew. Uh, I've said bro in the bank before. I actually said it on the first couple episodes of In the Weeds because they were beating the shit out of bro for a long time. Bro. And they're now giving him this new edge. So I wouldn't doubt that they try bro in the bank. This new what? This new bro. This new on this day. This new bro is what I said. I see clearly. That guy. You said the word is. No, he's going to retire on August 19th, though. So get ready for that. I'm in. Smackdown in Toronto. Smackdown. Smackdown. Anyway. um, Yeah, Nakamura could be the one that they take out. (laughs) Yep. That would happen. That would be something they do. Him winning and cashing in on Seth would be really fun. And also, like, Riddle versus Priest could also end with Drew McIntyre coming back and being like, LOL, screw you both. I'm in. Neither of you are. So I I could see Nakamura being taken out of the match. And then Drew McIntyre coming in and winning. They should just put the people in it that they say are going to be in it. Clearly, Bray Wyatt is going to be in the the Money in the Bank. And he's going to (laughs) win. Oh, brother. He's going to come through that big door. The Wyatt Six are going to be the other members of the, the Money in the Bank Money in the Bank Wyatt match. Money in the Bank lore match. I've got nothing left. It's just the Wyatt Six is the entirety of the field. My, money in the lore 
Lore Money in, in the, the lore. Lore in the bank. Is there yeah. cin- cinema in the... No, lore in the bank is where it's at. No, that's the main event is cinema. Cinema. Cinema in the bank. The undisputed cinema. Someone in the chat saying I'd rather hear about <laughs> Brawl Out for three more years than a Bray return. Pitch black in the in the oh god. Mount, Mountain Dew in the <laughs> money in the Mountain Dew. <laughs> I'm done. I'm so done. And for the women, who's winning this thing? Because we still have what one more person to qualify? Heel, Bianca, or you. It feels like they need a powerhouse woman. Powerhouse. Which means Piper Niven. I know I'm still on that train, but she's the one I would get because she could base for everyone. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Zoe Stark won, but also the Zoe Stark and uh, Becky stuff is still on the table. Sure. I could see that. But yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with uh, with those Money in the Bank situations. I don't hate that. I don't hate that one bit, Joel Pearl. Well, all and right. normally, I hate everything you do and say. Ouch. I can't wait to see you. Crash in my place, and you're just like, you suck, LOL. I hate you. I like that I said I was going to steal your kid, and you were like, that would be helpful. It's all yours. I'm watching him now. He's sleeping fine. But if you grab him, he'll be fine. Dang, son. Ah, well, yeah, he'd be my son. MJF Adam Cole Bay Bay. Good shit uh, here. Yes and no. I'm looking forward to the match. I'm looking forward to the feud. I didn't exactly love the setup because it what felt like every, it was every single MJF setup feud ever where he says, I like you. You're great. But also your wife's balls are in her purse and you suck, LOL. I, he personified all the internet trolls and then let Adam Cole tear down the internet trolls. Yes, and then he did all of the WWE tropes. I get it. There's meta blank all over this. Fine. I just, it felt a little lazy at some points to me. I no. think that this match is fine. I think that this match is good. What I really hope they do is have MJF cheat to win the Eliminator match. And then Adam Cole has to rebuild his entire singles situation to get the title match at full gear instead. Really make that happen. You want adversity. I kind of do, but I want it. You want adversity and cinema. Well, yeah, but in my my story, also uh, MJF, the the creation of Just Five Jews comes from (laughs) taking out Adam Cole on Wednesday. The undisputed elite versus just five Jews. I'm into it. Let's go. That's the blood and guts match. No, but seriously, I, not even the, forget the just five Jews thing. I do want to see Adam Cole. Maybe. I want to see that happen later. Because when do you do it? If like when do you do it now? You've got Forbidden Door coming up, and then you've got All In. You've got All Out. Do you do it All Out? All Out's already in September. Do you do it on a major dynamite in the summertime? Is that big enough? Sure. You, Quake by the lake. <laughs> Noise by the boys. Yeah. That's in Boise. I love it. <laughs> Potatoes by the dozen. I don't know. You could make this a best of three and I'm in. I'm not mad. But why? Like for a, for the title. Like why? Because it would rule. That's their job to tell me why. I hate that. <laughs> they write the show. I, I, I never liked that answer. 
feels like a it's cop. their job. Adversity in the arena is the match I want. It's just Cody versus himself. It's just it's Cody versus mirrors and Mojo Raleigh's just sitting there watching. That's it. That should have been me. And then Dolph Ziggler is watching on a TV in another room. It should have been me. And then Justin Timberlake's like, it's gonna be me. And then he says it's gonna be me. May. Nailed it. Joe, let's go home. Let's do it. I am home. I'm gonna be at your home and I'm gonna break in. It's true. This is probably the room you're gonna sleep in, FYI. I'm gonna hang with your partner and I'm gonna steal your kid. She goes to bed at nine o'clock. Good luck. Fair enough. She's a wise woman. She is smarter than I am in every single way. It's gonna be Bray. <laughs> it's gonna be Bray. All right. Plug his stuff, get out of here. Hey, my weeks start on Sundays with Kate and Joel at eight. Kate and Joel call it in the ring here on Fightful Overbooked. Then on Mondays, I'm on Fightful Select doing the Sour Grabs Bow Show. Tuesdays on the main channel doing the Sour Grabs Bow Show. Wednesdays at the Mark Order talking all things all elite. Thursdays doing the ROH Bow Show with Righteous Reg. And we hand it off to the delightful Cresta Star. And also Joel is there. And then Fridays, I'm doing the AW Rampage formerly. But now we'll just be the SmackDown review show because the Collision Post Show is going to have the Rampage Rundown. So I get to start my Fridays an hour earlier. Congratulations to me. And then Sunday. Follow me at Miss Kate, babe, on the socials. Yeehaw. And I'm going to be at Forbidden Door because I'm so popular. And I'm going to be speaking at Podcast Movement in Denver because I'm so popular. Oh, my God. So popular. I'm so popular. Hey, you know who uh, called Sabu to appear in AW? Take a wild guess. Christopher Jericho. That's exactly who called him. <laughs> of course. Sabu was on the cruise. Ugh. As soon as Sabu was showing up, I was like, oh, I know what this is. Chris, get your buddy a payday, Chris. All right. I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. I am back here tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday in the weeds. SB3 and I will probably hold it down Monday and Wednesday. Jeremy is hopefully going to be back soon. We wish him well. We hope he's back when he's ready. And protest Cinnabon. Protest Cinnabon. That's right. We gotta we gotta hold it down. Thursdays after Kate and Reg finish the ROH post show, myself and Crest the Star are live on the youtube.com slash fightful, running down impact wrestling, because that's what we do. And there's a ton of content here at Fightful Overbook that's not me related. So please subscribe to the channel. So you don't have to watch my face, but you can watch all the other great content over here on Fightful Overbooked. Ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.